This, this is the this. SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Now, your host, Shannon Gross. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Happy Hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. I am Shannon Gross. I am joined in studio by my office mate or former office mate and hopefully one day again future office mate, Nick Eatman. How you doing, Nick? Doing great. What's up, Shannon? What's up, man? I'm doing great, too. We're joined by 105.3 The Fans' Jeffrey Cavanaugh. Are you there, Jeffrey? I am here, gentlemen. I love a good happy hour. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll, uh, have you been in any Twitter wars lately today? Or, Not or? today. Today okay. I've just kind of been taking victory laps. Okay. All right. Oh. Maybe we'll get into that later on in the show. Declaring oh, victory. I love it. And then also joined by former Cowboy number 31 slash 38, not 11, Roy Williams. Roy, are you with us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Awesome, man. Roy, hold on. I have to ask. Roy, do you have yeah. a cigar with you at all or right now? Are you holding one? <laughs> you got a camera on me or something? No, I, yes. I don't. I just, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I do. I do have a cigar lit up. Yes, I do. And, and I guess that's probably, you know, unfair because, I, you know, you – you like to have cigars every now and again, but you just have that, you just got that sound about you where you're just kind of relaxed and chilling, you know? No, I, I, I am. I'm actually, um, I thought this was going to be like a video Zoom type thing. So yeah. um, I have it set up in my car because my daughter has a doubleheader in softball. So I'm out at the softball fields talking and smoking a cigar. So it's, it works. It's <laughs> nice. good to go. Well, you, Nick, you and Roy have a – you guys go way back. Obviously, you covered the team when Roy was here, and then you guys did a, a documentary on Roy called The Late Hit in the offseason mm -hmm. that aired uh, – a Deep Blue documentary that aired on all the, the Dallas Cowboy mm -hmm. digital and social media. So you guys – you've got some stories that we'll get into a little bit later sure. about Roy. So maybe you and Jeff can, can compare notes on uh, having, you know, players – confront you at some yeah. point during this uh show yeah you know, you know i think it's, it's ironic and, and, and jeff if it, it, it this maybe yeah you and everson will have a great you know relationship and do some work down the road because roy i mean roy will be the first to tell you you know it was a little rocky with me so uh, i think we're good now i think but i think no, we're, we're good, good. We're good. <laughs> but uh, and you know what and i'm not i'm not going to expand on it but my thought process on it was both young um, and kind of immature, but at the same time, I felt a certain way because I felt that you guys worked, mm -hmm. we are employed by the same people, and you are dogging me. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to be on the same team. You know what I mean? So, no, I know but, exactly. I yeah. know exactly what you mean, and and that's something we we have to balance every single day. I mean, like even yeah. even now, like. Um, you know, it, it's hard for people to un understand what we do, and we're still trying to, to, to toe that line because if you don't, the fans will see right through it. So you have to kind of figure out a good way. But at the same time, if you're sharing, you know, trip planes, 
buses, uh, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Like you got you, these are like who are these guys? So it's it's something that you know, we deal with all the time. But I'm glad to say we got yeah. past it. I hope so. Yeah, most definitely. So no, Jeff, way past it. Jeff, well, I guess we. I mean, I'll just set it up for, for Jeff. I'm, I'm stealing the hosting duties from Shane. Go ahead, You're doing a good job. <laughs> How did so all controlling, that Nick, yesterday? I swear, dude. How, how did that happen yesterday, Jeff? So after every Cowboy game, when it, whenever the NFL puts up their game tape, or they have the coaches tape now, where if you pay money, there's NFL Game Pass, and you can get the coaches tape. You can watch games from the angles that the teams are going to study the tape from. So I've done that for both games. And I'll be honest, the tweet that set off the firestorm was really kind of just a throwaway tweet. I was just watching, and I watched Everson got really washed down by a double team into Jalen Smith and just big old hole. And, I, you know, I'd watched two games of him, and I was like, man, that's not the same guy that I watched when I studied him in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When they signed him, I was telling people, I was like, this dude is still a monster. Like, he's going to be violent against the run. He's hard to move. He's a relentless pass rusher, and through two games, I just hadn't seen that. So I tweeted something like, Everson Griffin hasn't helped the Cowboys at all yet, and he didn't like that. (laughs) And not surprising, I guess, that he didn't like that, but, you know, there is a line somewhere. Like My rule is our radio station is the home of the Cowboys, so we're partners, but at the same time, I, I will never personally attack anybody, but I also won't fib when I'm studying how guys are playing. I'm going to tell you how I think guys are playing. And then today, Everson told the media that he's going back to a three-point stance to try to get the power back in his hands and his legs. And I was just like, well, does that sound like somebody who thinks he's played great through two games? Like people are trying to tell me? And I, It's just... It's weird because that's not the way I want to do radio. I don't want to have confrontations with players. I don't want to fight with people. I want to talk about sports. I want to have fun. But sometimes I guess that's going to happen because it's part of the job. But you did take victory laps. I'm taking victory laps today. I don't think you're changing your technique back if you thought you were playing great. So, yeah, I'm kind of taking a victory lap today. Roy, did, did you yes, get sir. a chance to see the game this past weekend? Yeah, I watched it. Um I, I watched and I was I stayed glued to it because I felt that they had a shot, even though that they had what the three three or four turnovers in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I felt that they had a shot, so yeah, I watched the whole game for sure. I did. And what did you think? What was your? Let me ask you this: as a player, if you're a player and you're involved in a game like that, obviously, if you have to come from that far behind and, and things just go the right way, obviously Julio Jones dropped a ball, which he never does, and the onside kick and a couple yeah. of other things had to go your way. It, you, you should have lost that game. You should be 0-2. As a player yeah. playing on that team, is it? do you still – does the victory kind of wash away all the bad and you and – you, it gets you back on track and focused, or do you still think, you know what, we should be 0-2 after that? Um, well, they're not 0-2, thank God. <laughs> um, but, you know, they yes, it could have easily went the other way and they could have easily be 0-2. Um, but I feel that no, you can't overlook the simple mistakes of um, ball security. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yes, they have. They have a lot. Every every game, even if you feel like you have a perfect game, you still have uh, room for improvement. So I feel that they still have room for improvement. 
um, you know, hopefully this builds some character and it, it builds uh, confidence on if they ever get down. Hey, we came back from a long way. You know what I mean? So that that can help build with that, too. And, and you know, it just I give I give props to, you know, to the offense um, for putting some great drives together and start moving the ball, you know, uh, throughout the rest of the game after the first quarter. Um, and the defense, the defense played, the defense played solid. Thank goodness Julio did drop it. That was very rare. It's like seeing a white buffalo. Um, but I am thankful he dropped it because that would have been the nail in the coffin if he'd have caught that pass. And Nick, you were at the stadium at the game, and you, I guess it was third quarter. Everybody had kind of written them off and was like, "This is terrible. This is bad." You actually said, "No, no, no, no! Don't give me the third quarter." First quarter. First quarter. Twelve fifty-four p.m. Twelve fifty-four. Oh, you, you PM. documented this, so you just remember. Well, because I've had a lot of people ask me about it. I told Derek, I said, "Listen, if they stop them here, it's seventeen nothing. They stop them for a field goal, twenty nothing, they're going to win. If it's twenty-four, no, no, they're not going to win." So that was my cutoff line. Why did you feel that because, way? What did you see? Just what Roy just said. They, they weren't the, the Cowboys' defense was making just enough stops. I mean, I say this all the time. If you if you start handing out presents. You better open them because if no, because if not, they'll take them back. They were giving gifts. They weren't taking them, and all of a sudden, it's twenty to nothing. Like you can come back from this. It's still early in the first quarter or, or late first quarter, but it's still plenty of time left. If they they weren't taking advantage of all that, and you know the Cowboys aren't going to keep fumbling. So I just thought, you know what? They 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 still have a shot here. They they still have a shot to come back in and win this game. And. I mean, they did. I mean, it wasn't like I was pushing all chips in, like they're going to win and stand on the table. But I'm like, it's still, just don't close you know, the book on it yet. Yeah. Can, can I ask uh, Roy, I'm curious, because we're talking about this one today. If you redo that onside kick ten times, the Falcons might fall on it nine or ten times. So a lot of people say, hey, you should have lost that game. But the difference in like how you're feeling when you go home and when you go with your teammates in the locker room, how big can that be going into the next week or as sort of a, a momentum game when it's like, dude, there is no way we were supposed to win that game, and we did. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they, they, they dodged a bullet. They, they, they truly did. And honestly, the, um, that onside kick, I mean, <laughs> I honestly still can't fathom. Like, I'm watching, like, I'm talking, but I pause because I'm literally watching that ball spin into an area where there's, like, three or four Falcons around it, and then they uh, uh, let a Cowboy defender get in between them and then then fall on it. Like, what? Like, (laughs) I'm still just, I'm still mind-blown, like, because they all had an opportunity to just rush the ball and fall on it, you know? Um, And they, they didn't. Um, but that, that, I mean, it, it just, they know that they dodged a bullet. They know that they didn't play well. I feel that them going into the game, no one ever expects to fumble three times or four times in the first quarter and, you know, spot a team 20, 20 freaking points. Um, but they know that they can play better. And I feel that them knowing that they can play better in the way they finish out the three, the three last quarters, if they take that mentality into every game, they're they're going to be in every game, and I think they know that. Um, they just got to cut out the, the the mes, the mental errors. You know, it was just it was a crazy play that I mean, it, it, the more you look at it, the less it makes sense. You know, it's like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, you know, 
it's rolling 10 yards. But the more you see it and you're like, what the heck? Like, social distancing stops on the field. Like, you don't have to (laughs) do that. Like, you don't have to just get – it was like they were just sitting there. You know what? Jeff, you you probably seen this. I mean, I, I, Shannon, I, I, Roy, I don't know if y'all watched the. Was it cur? Is it curling? Where they mm-hmm. they're just oh, kind of yeah. they're sitting yeah. there just looking at it and they're yeah. like, come on, come on, mm-hmm. and they're like, hurt, you know, trying to scoot it along. <laughs> like that's what it felt like. It was like the number seventeen was like, come on, come on, ball. Well, and I don't know if this is disrespectful, but I think that <laughs> it if usually the four, is. If you start it off, right. it usually is. I don't listen. Yeah. I mean this with all due respect to our fine American. Canadian and everybody else curling teams out there. But I think if the four of us got together for a couple of weeks and yeah. practiced, we could do this. Well, right? I'd, I'd fall you... on my ass on that ice and I'd, I'd mess up the okay, whole thing. Okay, we need to do four. Yeah, get someone fourth. else. Get someone else. Alright, fellas, uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk uh, about the, the, the coaching it. staff and some of the decisions that they I'm made in the game, whether you guys uh, like that or not. Let's talk about the injury report that came out this afternoon, and we'll get Roy's take on what he thinks about the linebacker play so far. That and so much more when we come back. You're listening to the Happy Hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. We are back with very special guest Roy Williams, former Dallas Cowboy, also joined by Nick Eatman, Jeff Cavanaugh, and I am Shannon Gross. And Nick, did you know that at SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away? Yes, you told me last week about the exact same time, and I know it's one click away. And and the week before, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Last week I didn't know. Two weeks, but okay. I, know now. I know now. I got it. <laughs> well, go visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. And before we get back into the current Cowboys, Roy, have you ever been a part of a game where, for all intents and purposes, you were out of the game, and somehow you, the team came back, and, and you guys wound up winning it in the end. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to say 2000, maybe three, when we were playing New York in New York, and um, Quincy Carter led us back on a drive to win a. Um, we won the game. I think Billy kind of was a rookie that season and he kicked a, maybe a 40 or 50 yard kick. Billy kind um, of haven't heard that in forever. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we came back. I want to say it was either 2003 or 2000. I want to say 2003. Yeah. 2003 um, was yeah. 35, 32 in overtime, if that sounds yep. right. Yes, sir. That was it. Yep. And Nick, you, yep. you, you, have a good memory of a game where they I came was, back. Yeah, huh? I was kind of hoping he, that Roy would give you a different game there, but uh, it, the one that oh, you talking about Philadelphia? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Uh, yeah, because the same thing, twenty to seven with about five minutes to go, and scored yeah. twice. And uh, McNabb just tried to throw one on the sideline, but um, Roy, you can take it. You can take it from there, just like you took the ball. <laughs> I, I I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. I got an interception and ran it back, and uh, Brady James had the uh, uh, leading touchdown uh, block for me against McNabb. He got hurt. And actually, that, that, that game, uh, Parcells, I don't know if he went to the funeral and then came to the game, but his, his brother had passed away, and I, I actually gave him that uh that ball that I intercepted from McNabb, I gave it to Coach Parcells. Yep, that's exactly that's the story I was I was gonna tell. And the other side of that, from, from what I heard, Roy, is that yes, uh, he did have uh, Parcells went. It was a Monday night game. He went to the funeral mm-hmm. in New Jersey that Monday, so it just kind of worked out. Is his brother had passed away, and his brother was a running back at Army. So after the game, you know, he, he's walking out, and 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 sports. I mean, the um, the media relations director, Rich Dyrimple, said said, "Hey, uh, what you got there?" And he's like, "Roy gave me the game ball. You know, Roy scored the touchdown, gave me the game ball." And he goes, "You know, you know, Coach, uh, your brother wore number thirty-one at Army, and and with tears in his eyes, Parcells just goes, heck of a day.'" You know, and that's wow. that's about all. You know, that's that's all you get out of Bill. Really, it's just like it was a heck of a day. But I mean, that meant a lot. I'm sure I meant a lot, Roy. That that you know, you did that, and and definitely meant a lot that you scored a touchdown and win the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd even know that that backstory as yeah. far as uh, uh, Rich talking to him. Yeah, but, man, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I'm still pissed, Roy, that that we didn't get that story in our 44 minute documentary on the you know on on you. Like I was like, why? How can we not get that story in? And it didn't. I, I'm not the editor, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
there was a lot. There was a lot that wasn't. I know. I know. It was great. We'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> Kavanaugh, I know you Hello. have you have a lot of opinions. Okay. Correct. No, don't you make me sound like one of those people. <laughs> I have mostly responsible opinions. You know, you do, and that you know, as a as a host of a radio show on our flagship station, you get paid to have opinions. I want to know this coaching staff is being well. This past game, they were super aggressive. They, you know, the 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 fake punts, plural, uh, the going for two. Do you have a problem with the aggressiveness? Of this coaching staff so far, are they trying to be too aggressive and too sneaky, or or do you like it? Uh, I would love to get Roy's perspective on a fake punt that's run up the middle on fourth and five. <laughs> but like, as far as uh, I, I think that this team dealt with a conservative mindset in a lot of ways for a decade. So to me, the aggressiveness that they're showing, and this is a Mike McCarthy thing. He's always been this way in terms of fourth downs and. And creativity up until the last few years uh, in Green Bay. So I like it. Look, McCarthy being hired was a very safe hire. Because remember, at the time, we're kicking around names like, oh, are they going to go after Lincoln Riley? Are they going to. They went after a guy to say, look, we're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. Like, this isn't a a building, a, a program from the ground up. This is go win. And I think that being aggressive, I think the going for two, if you're down 15 and you score, to me that's the only thing you can do. And I understand that the old school way of thinking is extend the game as long as you can. But the way I think about it is my odds of converting don't change now or later at all. It's the same odds. So I want to know what's in front of me with as much time as possible. So I, I like that decision. Fourth and five fake punt up the middle is real interesting. But on the whole, I like it. I like aggressive. I like in week two how much they were doing pre-snap motion, how they were threatening them horizontally, making them defend every part of the field. Uh, so for the most part, I like it. But McCarthy told you, there's no honeymoon here. That can all change in a week. Yeah. Roy, as a player, do you like the aggressiveness? I love it. Um, I, I think they should have worked with the punter more. <laughs> Uh, he missed. He missed that throw. It was why it was there. I loved it. I mean, I thought that was a um, a great call. Um, they needed it. They needed something to get um, the guys excited. You know, give them some momentum. I felt that it was a great call. The execution just wasn't there. Um, I wasn't able to see the uh, the run up the middle on on the fake punt. I didn't get to see that one. Be but, glad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I seen the replays and. I didn't know what I was watching because, I mean, I just I caught him in the middle. But, um, you know, it, it's just you're keeping you're keeping special teams honest, you know. Um, but now, now in today's game, it, you rarely ever see um, punters get blocked, you know. So, um, so I don't I don't know the mindset on running right up the middle. Um, they must have seen something um, that they thought could be there. Um, but I, I honestly would probably want to went back to the um, the pass play that they did the last time that they didn't they um, miscued on. Yeah, I agree with you there. If it's fourth and five and you need five yards, I mean, you wouldn't have run Zeke up the middle, so why are you running Darian Thompson, you know, up there? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not sure about that. Not, to say, not saying that safeties can't run with the ball. Not saying that, Roy, uh, but I'm just saying I'd rather the offense do it. But I thought it was funny, Shannon. I mean, you just asked, Roy, do you like the aggressiveness? 
Have you ever seen Roy play? Have you seen the highlights? <laughs> it's been a while, but yes, I have seen Roy play. Yes. I'm t- there's a few people like Sean Alexander, Lavernius Coles. I mean, they didn't like the aggressiveness, but I mean, they, no, Roy, Roy, Roy's going to like the aggressive play. I tell you oh, what, the, sure. game, the game is changing so quickly. Roy, how much do you think you would get fined more often or penalized more often if you were drafted today? <laughs> say, say and, it. like, and it's that quick that it changes. I mean, it. it yeah, I wouldn't be. Able, I wouldn't be able to play. The just from, well, just understand. Just from the, from just say the horse collar tackle, right? They changed that so many times in one season. Um, what was it? Two thousand six, five. Whenever that they implemented that, whatever year they did, five. they had different variations of the horse collar. First was. You can't grab inside of the um, shoulder pad, okay? So you grab a jersey. Oh, you can't grab a jersey. You know what I mean? There were so many. I think they changed it like three different times. They said you just can't pull anybody back down from the back part of the shoulder pad. I mean, they, they changed it so many times that, I mean, it made it made it very difficult to be aggressive in, in the game. And now in this day and age, I mean, it's like virtually it's like, playing flag football honestly because it's like you got to let the people catch the ball and you can't even tackle them i mean it's very frustrating to watch football now roy there was a touchdown i think ridley had it or in the maybe it was gauge actually over the middle and 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 then there was one of the early touchdowns second quarter and it looked like xavier woods had a chance to really like you know blow him up but he didn't. I mean, because it's like you can't you can't do that. I mean, you you might not even play the next game if you do that. I don't know if you guys remember the play, but it was just a touchdown over the he middle. He kind of gave him the side of a shoulder yeah, pad it's instead like, of letting it, it rip. It's like he yeah he, he you already know. And so you know, I hate it when safeties get criticized now for how they play. And it's like they want to be on the field. They don't actually want to give money to charity here every single game. It's yeah. it's sad that you have to think like that in the middle of a game. I don't. You do. You're saying you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't sacrifice. I mean, the, if I was playing in today's game, yes, I would try to do everything in my willpower not to try to take somebody's head off. Um, but it's it's so tough. It really is very tough when you're put in those positions. You got a receiver catching the ball and he's falling down. And you're going over there to tackle him. You know, if his head comes down and hits yours, you get fined for right. it. And that's not that's ridiculous. And then you got guys that make a, a good pop. And what the, the first thing they do, you guys watch, first thing they do is they look around and see if they got a flag. <laughs> that is not football. That that freaking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> would you so, would you if you could pick, would you have gone back? 20 years to when I mean I remember every year at the end of a season you could buy literally a VHS of the guys just getting destroyed over and over again. Are you happy with the era you were in, or do you wish you could even go backwards? I wish I could go back probably um, five more years, at least five years. So I came out in 2002. If I can go back, uh, say, uh, probably 96, I would have loved it. I would have loved it because I would have been able to have, you know, a good – a good solid ten solid years, not having to worry about them doing the horse collar. And the the only reason why the horse collar even became the horse collar was because I did it to Terrell Owens and Andy Reid um, 
pleaded and cried whatever he did to the commissioner and got it put in as a rule. That's man, that's the only reason if you're why gonna, the horse collar is even a thing. If you're gonna go back, let's go to ninety five and just try to win a Super Bowl since that's yeah, the last for time sure. they won it. But you yeah. know you know it's been a Jeff, while. Jeff, that's a great question and I'm glad you asked that about the errors because the, the documentary that we did, and, and and I love the fact, you know, Roy was like, the whole way was just like so accommodating, the most accommodating player we've ever, ever had, you know, to, to, to help us with that. And he was kind of like, hey, you guys do it the way you want to do it, which I which we really appreciate it. But the title of it is The Late Hit. And it's not because he's running over hitting someone after the whistle. It was exactly what you just said, Jeff. It was the fact that he was in the wrong era. He was the next Ronnie Lott, but they didn't want Ronnie Lott anymore. Yeah, that, that's, that's the bad part. He is a, Darren Woodson said, he would have been a Hall of Fame player, the best safety to ever play if he's in this 80s, 90s, maybe even 2000. I mean, or 80s and 90s. Let's talk about that when we come back. Let's talk about the documentary. Nick, you were super involved in that. You, you went up and talked yeah. to Roy, interviewed him. Let's talk about that whole process. We'll get into a little Cowboys uh, Seahawks when we come back and a lot more when we come back on the happy hour you're listening to the happy hour on the Dallas Cowboys radio network
back, back to back. the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Welcome back. We're here with special guest Roy Williams, also joined by Nick Eatman, Jeff Cavanaugh, and I am Shannon Gross. Nick and I are live here at the Star. Everyone else is remote, so... New how's, that, how's that softball or yeah softball game going yeah. on, Roy? What's going on? What's over the score? There? Uh, I don't know. They don't really keep score. Um, <laughs> they're still still young, but um, my daughter's team is not doing so hot. They're <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. It's tough being an athlete. It's tough to watch and it's tough to keep my mouth shut because at my daughter's age, what is she seven right now? She's really not real interested, but we have to get her involved and get her into sports or get her to do something yeah. besides looking at a tablet, watching TV. So, I mean, I'm happy that she's out here. Um, she's given a better effort now um, after her mom and I had to, you know, do some extra work with her. Um, <laughs> but I like her effort now. You know what I mean? She's given, she's, she's hustling now and she's making contact with the ball because it's a coach pitch. So, at first, she was just swinging just to be swinging. And now she's really trying to focus and concentrate, which I'm, as long as you give me effort, I'm good. But if you don't give me effort, I will go on the field and yank you off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she's, it's it's all good right now. Horse collar? I don't care like, I mean, yeah, what, Whatever I can do to get my hands <laughs> on her. If it, if it has to be a horse collar, it's a horse collar. <laughs> but I will, she knows I will yank her too because I, I don't play that. Jeff. Nick got to ask Roy a lot of questions when he went up for this documentary. So before we get too yeah. far into this documentary, what question or questions would you like to ask Roy? Uh, Boomer. Sooner. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, you, you got to go up. Yeah. And, and and you guys did this documentary. What what was the premise of the documentary? And then what was you know what was that well, experience? Well, like? honestly, I just I felt like that you know when people talk about Roy, they think about the big hits or the horse collars or or whatever. And the the sad part of it was is just how I don't know if they remember just the dynamic catalytic player that he was. That's exactly the player that they needed him to be, and, and they just didn't have enough guys around him. But, I mean, and then, then they changed the rules around him. But, like, the, the calling it the late hit, like I said before, it just shows that, like, this is – this was the player that they wanted. This was the, the the player that they needed. It's just the NFL changed around him, and they needed a game changing player, and he was. It just happened to be the, the the game changed in different ways than than you know we all expected. But I had a blast doing it because Roy, I'll tell you, you you were the most accommodating player, and I'll give you one quick story. He drove up to meet us we met us right by bob bob stoops's house if you want to call it a house it's kind of a castle but i mean it was unreal and he met us over there and to give us a box of stuff just all kinds of memorabilia probably had what 102 temperature there i mean you were you were not yeah. you were not in good shape there and yeah. and you know but he, Gets out of his house, goes and does that. I mean, that was just one of many things like that. Drove up to Norman, uh, which is 
45 minutes from his house, maybe 30 minutes. An hour. hour sorry. An hour. hour and, and <laughs> Two hours. Yeah. Well, from, from Edmund, um, which, by the way, I'm going to go up to Edmund. I'm going to be up there again someday because my, my buddy's the uh, AD at UCO now. But anyways. He he, awesome. he like he goes up there. I mean, like and sh- shows us around, shows us all the cool stuff at, at Oklahoma. Shows us the weight room that he actually gave money and donated. I mean, it was just really awesome to kind of see that side. And and you know, I, I I'm telling you, I my only regret is that we didn't we didn't win uh, an Emmy for it because it, it was it was the most you know satisfying thing that I've done. Uh, you know, especially with doing these documentaries, it was awesome. So, Roy, I, if I haven't thanked you uh, enough, I'll thank you again for it. No, I thank you for even uh, having me involved in the project. I, honestly, it was it was awesome. And I mean, I'm I'm not going to stop being me. I've always been a person with a big heart that always does probably more than he should for others. But I'm not going to ever change because that's who I am. So, I mean, that's just. All the things that you're saying, it's like, I'm, I mean, that's just what I do. You know what I mean? If, if you need me to do something, I'm going to do it. That's just me. And even to this day, I mean, everyone remembers the Santana Moss game in the 2005 and all that. And it wasn't really Roy. It was the corner. But Roy, to this day, still didn't call out the corner. <laughs> still didn't call out my not, name. He's I'm, not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not going to. That's not, that's that's not right. me and, and, until you're to 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 add on to what you said, like what people remember me for. People remember me for saying that I got burnt on plays. And and it's it's not – I did. I gave up some touchdowns to a few tight ends and probably uh, actually Terrell Owens when he was with Philadelphia, like 2004 or five, whatever that was. So that's what that was um, all about. But I did, <laughs> I did give up – I did give up – I did give up some, some touchdown plays, but – the one that they hold on to is the Washington one. They say, oh, you got beat, whatever. That wasn't even my responsibility. But I'm not the guy to throw somebody up, my, throw one of my teammates under the bus. Like, I, I, will never, I will never do that. I wasn't raised that way. You know what I mean? I'll take it. Uh, it would have been nice if the coaching staff would have stepped up and said something, but they didn't. They let the narrative ride and go um, spread like wildfire, like Roy Williams was the one that gave up those plays. And that's not even true. But and then that's that's the thing that holds over my head and over my to people over my head and my career that I gave up and lost that game for our team, which that's the furthest thing from the truth. But I'm the one that has to bear all that burden and I have no coaches to come to my defense. You know, I have some teammates, but you know what I mean? It's the coaches that that should have said something, but they didn't. And it's fine. Speaking of coverage. Before we get Roy's take on on this Cowboys secondary, Kavanaugh, what are you seeing on film? Are you encouraged by the secondary? They've got a couple of injuries that popped up this week on the the injury report. Diggs came out with the, with a shoulder injury on today's. Did not participate. Cheetos is it a hamstring? Um, they're not getting a lot of pressure up front. But what are you are you encouraged by the play of the secondary so far, Kavanaugh? Or are you concerned? I actually think Cheeto is off to a pretty nice start to the year. And now, of course, sounds like he's going to miss a couple of games at least. But I thought he was off to a pretty nice start. Trayvon Diggs, I think, is off to a promising start. I'm not going to pretend that he's a star player right now. But he shows you a lot of things that you really like in terms of uh, the aggressiveness, the willingness to be physical. He wants to be involved in the run game. He just He's going nonstop. So I think the early returns on him are, are promising. Overall, I think the secondary has struggled a little bit. Uh, Xavier Woods has played well. 
but you're talking about being banged up. Uh, you lost Byron Jones in the offseason, and now you're going against a quarterback whose coaching staff is finally letting him cook. Russell Wilson, they're a throw-first offense now, and you got to deal with Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, and that is a handful. So, you know, relative to expectations, I think the secondary's been fine because you just you don't have a ton invested there. But I think that they're going to need some help from that front four. That front four is going to have to wake up and get some pressure if you want to not have Russell Wilson hang 30 on you. Roy, what, what's your perception of the secondary this season? I, um, um, I agree. They, they do have a lot of promise. Um, I, I feel encouraged that they are competing. You know, they, they're just not letting people catch the ball on them. Um, uh, I really feel that they have their hands full this, this coming weekend. Um, it, it's going to be a, a tall task. I mean, DJ, DJ Metcalf is not, he is not um, one to take, take uh, lightly. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've seen his warm-ups catching those one-handed catches, and, I mean, his vertical is ridiculous. Um, so I'm, <clears throat> I think they have a um, – I look forward to seeing how they respond to this this uh, task going against the Seahawks. Nick, what do you think about the secondary? Uh, I, th- I think you know I agree with both of them. I, I definitely uh, agree with the last thing that Jeff said though about the, uh, the 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 pass rush. I mean this this team was built. You know they they let they let go of of Byron Jones and then the, you know they added Alden Smith, they added Everson Griffin, they added Gerald McCoy. Of course that didn't work out, but they were adding a lot of beef up front to try to really get a pass rush that we haven't seen just yet. So you know th- that was supposed to kind of offset some of the the um, you know uh, inexperience in the secondary, and so we haven't seen that. But yeah, the, I thought I think the corners are, are battling. They're doing the you know they're doing the best they can. I mean. They they didn't let Julio Jones beat them. I mean they they didn't. The other guys tried and got really close. But I mean they they have faced two quarterbacks now that have been in the Super Bowl in the last four years, and they're about to face another one here, I guess, in, in Russell Wilson. So I mean they're facing some offenses that that are that are experienced and pretty good. Let's talk about who they're facing in Russell Wilson. Let's talk about the similarities between Russell and Dak, and and some other things pertaining to the game. When we come back, we're going to take our final break. You're listening to the Happy Hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. SWBC Mortgage Customized Solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Shannon Gross here with Nick Eatman, Jeff Cavanaugh, and special guest Roy Williams. And we got a little game on Sunday up in Seattle. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys travel up to visit Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And when you look on paper, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson through this point in Dak's career are almost – their stats are almost identical. And, you know, Russell – Dak, you have people that, that are big fans of Dak. You have people that are, you know, not big fans of Dak. What do you guys – what are y'all's opinions of Dak so far? He put the team on his back this past this past weekend and, and carried him to a victory. What are your opinions on Dak this far in his career? Is he is he approaching elite status? Is he just an okay quarterback? Kavanaugh, what is your evaluation of Dak to this point? I think that almost everybody's opinion of Dak is unreasonable. Because I think we've gotten to the point where everybody, you have to just dig in on a, on a side and then fight it out. So he's either awful or he's the best quarterback in the league. And I think that he's had, look, he's the best quarterback of his draft class to this point in their careers. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that no doubt is, uh, if you're very Dak negative, he's still a top 12 quarterback in the league probably top eight or nine. So to me, he's a guy that the intangibles were never in question. I think the difference between like him and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson came into the league with probably better arm talent, and he's a more athletic guy. But Dak came in as a much more polished leader, it factor, follow me kind of guy. And as far as stats, he's kind of following the rust trajectory. So I think it's crazy that the Cowboys two years ago didn't get a contract done for him. And they better hope that he's merciful when this next offseason gets here because <laughs> with a franchise tag at $37 million, and then if they wanted to try another one, it's $54 million. Uh, he's holding some pretty darn good hole cards for a contract negotiation. Roy, what do you, what do you see when you see Dak? Um, I, I honestly – I honestly see the same situation that when, when Romo came in, you know, um, you know, he was putting up these stats and everybody was praising uh, Romo. Right. Mm-hmm. And now that Dak is doing it and Dak is doing pretty much identical or even better. I think they're identical in stats in like over 400 yards and Dak's record compared to Tony's record when throwing over 400 yards, I think Tony's on five and Dak is like four and one, mm-hmm. you know, and for people to say that, you know, that whoever's critical against Dak, I mean, did you have that same energy towards Tony when Tony was uh, putting up those type of stats? You know, so I, I don't think it's I don't think it's really fair that how how do you hold Dak to a higher standard than you did with Tony Romo? Mm-hmm. So I feel that it's it's unjust that he's getting all this criticism um, that he's getting it's it's undeserved and i mean Dak is a he's the leader of that team and he's week in and week out you know he's proven he is he is the he's the leader of that team on the offense so um i think he's doing a great job i, I truly do um yes there are times that I, I scratch my head on some of the decisions that he probably made but i mean hell we did the same thing for the, the previous quarterback before him so 
you know, I, I think that the, the comparison to, to Tony is is a good one. And but I, I will say this about Romo. I mean, the, the criticism that he that he got is that he couldn't win the big one and, and you know, really in the playoffs. He couldn't he couldn't win those games. And I think with with Dak, I mean that's that's where the criticism's gonna go. Like the honeymoon's over, you're not a fourth round pick anymore, you know, you're 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 the leader of the you know, face of the franchise of America's team. And so it's gonna come down to what they do in in the playoffs. I think he's, he's doing great. But the the difference though with with Russell though when you try to compare him, Shannon, is just that Russell was around a team that was ready to win right then, and you know they they won the Super Bowl in his second year, and if it wasn't for an interception, they would have won it in his third year. So, you know, it's just more about clutch moments right now. But their stats are, are, yeah. are the same. I just think the only criticism Dak's going to get now is just if he doesn't take them to the next level. Kavanaugh, what do you think is the game plan this weekend versus Seattle? Seattle will give up the big pass on you. What, what what would you go in with the Cowboys game plan? Do you try to run it, establish the run early, or do you just sling it around and, and air it out? I think it's a tough matchup because both of these teams have been pretty susceptible in the secondary to big plays, and the Seahawks have really embraced that our quarterback is awesome and we're going to let him rip. So I, I think as the Cowboys – you're a little bit fortunate in that you're not going to have fans in Seattle because, holy cow, that environment is intimidating. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you just got to embrace what you are. And I think what the Cowboys are is a team with three awesome wide receivers that if you can get the ball out quick enough, if you can protect your quarterback, you can go possession for possession with anybody. Your quarterback can play with their quarterback. Your wide receivers are as good or better when you want to go three deep as theirs are. So their challenge is going to be, can we cover for a missing right tackle for another week? Is Tyron Smith going to play? But you're going to have to score points because they're going to. Roy, how do you – do you, if you're the Cowboys, do you game plan for a guy like Jamal Adams, or do you just run your offense and then what happens happens? Um, of course, you have to um, think about him in your game planning. Um, but you, you I mean how the offense gets going is from you know what I'm saying the whole the, the feed me man, you know Zeke. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta feed him. You know what I mean, and if if you if you establish the running game, I mean that opens up so many more options. So um, I know you have to game plan for you know Adams, but I mean your identity is running that ball and um, then open up your playbook from there. So I don't I don't think you get away from that. Nick, biggest concern for you for the Cowboys heading into this week at Seattle? Oh, I, I think it's it's just. You know, you have to kind of play mistake free. And last week they didn't do that at all because, uh, but the, but they got lucky that the defense was able to kind of stop the Falcons just enough. But I don't think, as Jeff said, I don't think that they the you know they're going to stop scoring there in Seattle. So you're going to have to really kind of go with them. It's got to be mistake free. And you know, not to be funny at, at all about it, but one of the biggest things you have to do is take the crowd out of the game. So that is a for, that is a break for the Cowboys of not having to deal with that uh, and. and and I think that they could match up well, but they cannot turn the ball over because I don't think Russell. You can count that Russell Wilson's going to be doing that. Roy, what was the what was the most hostile environment you played in? What what stadium did you not like to go to the most in your career? 
Um, I didn't have a stadium that I did not like because honestly, being a kid from the inner city, you always I always dreamed about playing in the NFL. So it was a treat to play in other stadiums because I, I just thought that was amazing. But uh, I would say Washington or Philly, um, they they were rowdy. You know, they mm-hmm. they they most definitely displayed their displeasure for the Cowboys. Did you have a favorite stadium or a favorite environment to play in? Cotton Bowl. <laughs> College for sure, Cotton Bowl. Um, I'm, I honestly love playing. I love playing in uh, at Dallas Stadium, man. I truly did. I, I loved it because I mean that's what I grew up on watching. You know, watching Tony Dorsett and Emmett and all those uh, Cowboy greats do their thing in that stadium. So every every Sunday that I got to play in Cowboy Stadium, I mean that was like a dream come true. You know, I lived out a dream. And so I, I would I would always say Cowboy Stadium. I, I got to tell this story then because it's one of the best ones. That you said you lived out a dream. He, he's not just saying that. In in what was it your eleventh grade yearbook? Yes, sir. It, it says where do you see yourself in five years? He said five years playing for the Dallas Cowboys. He's got the yearbook to to show it. I mean, wow. I mean that's that's amazing. I mean, and, and we're not talking about a kid that's living in Dallas, right? In California. Yeah. That's. That's awesome. Were you a Cowboys fan growing up, Roy? I was. My dad's from Ir- Irvin. Okay. So, so, I mean, I grew up in a Dallas household. Wow. Without a doubt. Even though I lived in California, we had Oakland Raiders and we had San Francisco 49ers. It was all Cowboys. All right, real quick, we got about 30 seconds. Kavanaugh, do the Cowboys win this weekend? Oh, man, what a messed up question to ask here. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what do you think? I think they will. I th- I think it's something weird stuff's going to happen. I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, Roy, you have faith in the boys uh, this weekend, or I, I always I always ride with the Cowboys regardless. I don't even care if they're underdogs. They're 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 going to win. They are. I knew you guys were going to do this to me. You're going to make me the bad guy. <laughs> on, on on a Wednesday, we couldn't even wait till Friday. Okay. Could did it on a Wednesday. Well, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us on Shannon, behalf who's of who's going to win one hundred and five. You're messing him up. Seattle. We got to get out of here. Thank you, Roy. Thank you, Nick. This has been the happy hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?